Now presenting. And I'm so sick of people saying that that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. The Cinema Chicks Podcast. Maybe I'm one of those people that has always wanted to do it, but it's like a pipe dream. Totally by guess. Snap out of it. Starring Hope Johansson. I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman. And Madeline Rancourt. Yeah, Call me Ladybird like Christine. you said you would. Hey, I'm Hope. Hey, I'm Madeline. And we are the Cinema Chicks. Hope, I have watched so many movies since I last recorded with you. That's um, insane. I could go on and on and on and on, but basically, to summarize, I watched Single All the Way. It's a new movie on Netflix. Oh, with Nina... No, that's that's the other bad new Netflix one. No, this isn't bad. Oh, it's not bad? Not really. It's So it's about this gay guy who goes back home and he basically he brings his roommate home with him and he has just gone through a breakup and his mom tries to set him up with some guy in town because she's like he's the other gay guy in town if you end up with him you'll stay back home and you won't go back to la and you'll live in our, our small town and he ends up falling in love with his roommate who he's like lived with for years but he realizes he actually loves i thought it was cute it's very cheesy jennifer coolidge Aww. is in it it was kind yes. of fun kind of loved it um it was just like a cheesy sort of like hallmark but it, it was made for netflix people are saying like oh it's so much better than happiest season with uh Chris- kristen stewart which that came out i last saw year. for the first time since we've recorded last together yeah. i thought it was cute i, I liked think it's it. cute too yeah and also the other girl in that she's in the movie tully have you seen that yes so i oh, she's in something else i can't think of it i don't even really know that actress's name but um Mackenzie Davis. Mackenzie Davis, yes. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. I think it was really cute. And along with that, oh my gosh, I'm looking at my letterbox and I've seen a lot. But the other notable one is West Side Story. I saw it in IMAX. It was so beautiful. I didn't really think I was going to love this. Like going into it, I was like, okay, but why are we making this again? I agreed. I'm not excited about it. But it was, I loved it. Really? I loved it. I did not like Ansel Elgort. People are saying like, oh, it's because he's like dumb boy that he like doesn't know he's in love. And it's like, how can you sell this whole story of like falling in love, love at first sight, like literally forgiving somebody for murdering your brother spoiler alert if you haven't if you don't know what side, side story after like uh 60 years but basically how can you sell that if you if the love doesn't seem real right. and it just didn't and i just wanted to see him like giddy and like stars in his eyes and like actually smile and how i do didn't you get tonight that without no, stars it, in your eyes it really wasn't so yeah, that was my one thing. Rachel Zegler, she's incredible. I'm so glad that this is like her breakout role. Uh, she got nominated for a Golden Globe, which yes. the Golden Globe nominations came out since we last talked. Yes, they did. I don't know how I feel about them. I don't know. I don't like. I was looking at it and I was like, I can't tell what's missing necessarily. But it doesn't seem quite right. It do- yeah, it doesn't. I wish Tatan was nominated. I haven't seen Worst Person in the World because it hasn't been distributed yet. Uh, however, it did premiere at the New York Film, or not premiere, but it played at the New York Film Festival, and a lot of my friends saw it there and, like, were raving about it. Everyone is saying it's, it's great. It's very good. And I think it just got picked up by Neon, so I think oh. it, sh- it doesn't have a release date yet, but I want to say Neon. Uh, but I'm very, very excited. So West Side Story, the way that it's shot, I cannot find any way of, like, any article that explains if it was shot on film or what, but it was good because... 
it had that old feel it didn't look like hd like it did it was it was very sharp but like it had this sort of grain and like color grading that i think really worked and mm. i was worried watching it that like oh they're just doing this so we have like an hd version and it looks <laughs> it looks clean and sharp and nice and whatever and it's updated but i felt like after watching it i was like yes there was a reason for that to come out i think younger audiences that maybe haven't seen the original are going to appreciate it and see it there's been backlash about it and how they didn't change enough of the story and how like the racism in it and also when they're speaking spanish there's no subtitles i did hear that which, i saw that on tiktok yeah, last night actually yeah which i appreciated because it's true when they're speaking spanish like the english speaking characters don't know what they're saying and I think it helped because as an English-speaking audience member, I watched it and was like, oh yeah, I don't know what they're saying. I'm also kind of lost. And um, I think it helped heighten that, but I have seen backlash because like the hard of hearing community and people oh. that need captions are like, I don't even know, like I can't even hear their tone. So I don't know That's hard. what they're saying. So it's interesting. I think that's a conversation that, you know, hopefully people will take note in the future because I remember like when we were watching um, Sound of Metal, there were some moments where yeah. there's no captions because he doesn't hear them either. So I think when it's a stylistic choice, that's interesting, but definitely thinking about other people is important. Lastly, uh, the other notable film that I saw was Nightmare Alley. I um, want to see it so bad. Yes. So that is Guillermo del Toro's new movie with Bradley Cooper and Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara and Willem Dafoe and I don't know I'm probably missing a bunch of other people but it was good it's very like film noir okay. it's all takes place in like a carnival I've never right. I didn't even realize this was a remake I'm sorry I'm a bad film yeah. person I didn't know it was a remake I haven't seen the original but I thought they did a very good job with this visually it's absolutely stunning as always with Guillermo's work Bradley Cooper was great in it there were some scenes with Kate Blanchett that were a bit too long and a little like, okay, we get the point. But it was a very interesting story about this sort of like freak show carnival workers. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure people can, I'm not going to give you the full summary, but it was very good. Um, some parts with Rooney Mara and then she like falls in love with Bradley Cooper's character like very suddenly to me was a little like the pacing was off there uh, in the middle of the movie. But I really enjoyed it, and I think I would watch it again just because some of the shots were, like, absolutely stunning. And it makes me want to watch more of Guillermo del Toro's work because... I love him. It was just beautiful. Other than that, the other huge movie that has just come out that we're reviewing today is Being the Ricardos, which I feel like so much is coming out right now. Like It's insane. I've been texting my family. I'm like, wait, so we need to see this during the holidays, but I also want to see this with you. But I need you to also see this. Like, I literally went to the movies... <laughs> five times last week because there's so much coming out and I don't want to miss it in theaters and I don't want to just see it when it's streaming like that murders my soul but anyways that's besides the point this movie is going to be on Amazon Prime December 21st in yes. case you didn't catch it in theaters and it is written and directed by the one and only Aaron Sorkin and starring Nicole Kidman, Javier Bardem, Nina Arianda and J.K. Simmons as the incomparable, unforgettable, forever in my mind, uh, Lucille Ball, Desi Arnaz, Vivian Vance, and William Frawley. I don't know about you, Madeline, but mm -hmm. I Love Lucy has been 
a huge part of my life. It hasn't for me. Okay. It's, I'm so sorry. It's a massive. It's, yeah. it's my mom's favorite show. Uh-huh. Like always has been since she was a kid, always will be. There is loads of of like you whenever people don't know what to get for my mom she always gets like an i love lucy trinket mm. so we have we have there's magnets she has like coin purses and little like tin things we have ornaments on our christmas tree Aww. i think i've seen every episode at least twice oh my god because it also used to be on tv before i went to school oh like yeah. that was one of those like 5 a.m that was me with full house television slots okay <laughs> yeah so that was for multiple years of my life it was always like i love lucy while you're getting ready for school every morning mm -hmm. so these characters are very near and dear to me lucille ball is also just an icon in hollywood oh, yeah. like total powerhouse um so i truly was a little worried about this especially Me after too. seeing the trailers i was like mm. like can i be honest like nicole kidman scares me in this. she's, she's like, a little scary. scary looking because she doesn't look like herself and she doesn't, she doesn't look, look like, like lucy, lucy either yeah the, her prosthetics were the choices they made were fascinating with that like yeah. with her eyes yeah um, it just felt like they built up her face but mm -hmm. then her eyes are so her like eyes are sunken. still like sunken in. It scared me a bit. And then also watching it, I was like, I need to rewatch some Lucille Ball because like this just sounds like Nicole Kidman to me. But I think Nicole Kidman just has a like transatlantic accent. Well, no, she actually does sound like she does sound Lucille. like okay. Yeah, because sorry, I'm so uneducated. No, <laughs> but I was like, this sounds like Nicole Kidman, but then I was like, I think that's just like because okay. If anyone has visited AMC anytime recently, <laughs> you know the Nicole Kidman little like preview yes. trailer about like we come to the movies or whatever. <laughs> and it's hilarious. But when I was at AMC like earlier this week, I was listening to her accent and I was like, wait, she doesn't really sound Australian, but she doesn't sound American. So I feel like she has that transatlantic accent, which right. does kind of aid to her like her persona. I feel like she yeah. is kind of our like modern day powerhouse bombshell yeah dramatic but like she can do comedic she does tv she does film uh has an a husband that's very notable as well so i feel like maybe she is you know it, it makes sense but yeah watching it i was like this just sounds like her well and it's funny because but she might not be far off because uh lucille had a naturally like deep mm. voice but then for the show you know you always hear her being like oh Mm -hmm. Like she, she modified her voice for the character on the show and it's much more high pitched. So I think even if it's not like completely identical, I think it's still the right tone. Yeah. Um, and I did see um, Lucy Arnez, who is um, Lucille and Desi's daughter. Mm. She did a review of the movie and said oh. it perfectly captures the spirit of her parents oh that's so and like good. she felt like she was with them again like even <gasps> though they don't look exactly mm. like them yeah. it's not completely the same like wow. that's the spirit of her parents on oh that's the nice. big screen so i was like that's like the that, actual best compliment you could get better. as an actor exactly and that made me feel so much better about it too going in because i was like honestly incredibly apt Comprehensive, especially because it's an Aaron Sorkin movie. Well, yeah, and it's still doesn't very... seem like his kind of topic. 
Well, but the thing is, he made, made it. He, he made, made it. Well, comic. yes. That's the thing is watching this. I was like, if you told me you were making a movie about Lucille Ball, I wouldn't think it would be this. Which I also like because literally what you were saying True. about your mom, like there is so much pop culture about I Love Lucy. And there's, oh, it's so commercialized already. True. And on everything and seen everywhere. And like, even somebody like me who like never has really necessarily sat down and be like, I'm going to watch I Love Lucy. Other than like, iconic clips you you know what it is and I know Lucille Ball and I think that it was smart for them to do it this way because I think Aaron Sorkin what he does really well is like takes the other route and does it more in like almost like legal and logistical side of things he's he's good with pressure cooker scenarios like we've got a finite amount of time to figure out this this that and the other thing too and the world is going to collapse within the span of this week. So mm-hmm. how are we not going to let it collapse? And we have to put out an episode of the show. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, is this like what, this is like what Cinematics is like. We're oh trying to get out an episode and the world's <laughs> crumbling around us. Uh, literally. I'm like, oh my God. But it's, it's true. And I think what he does well is taking real scenarios because I think it's very easy. Okay. It's not easy, but you could write a script and be like, it's this exact moment and this is what happens. And you know, it's easy to build a framework around something like that. But when it happens like this, I feel like it would be very easy to go outside of the bounds, I think. Yeah. And to keep it so concise and so in this one moment and this is what happens and not going too far into the backstory and what happened before. I think like we watched uh, the trial of the Chicago seven. He did very well with that. It was very much, this is exactly what happened. These are the only bits that you need to know surrounding it. We're not going to keep going like about people's childhood. I feel like you kind of, to have a certain appreciation for this, you kind of need to have a little bit of backstory. Right. And we do get that, that it's enough for the common viewer to understand like for me I was watching it and I was like I feel like I understand this would I probably appreciate it more if I had a little bit more backstory yes but I don't think that this movie needs to do that I don't think it's their job to teach you to understand the rest of it that's my spiel no it's true it's very much like made for people who already know what's going on like I don't think someone who hadn't even seen a clip of I love Lucy or didn't know anything about old Hollywood or like the Red Scare kind of stuff would be remotely interested in this at all. And that's fine. Mm, right. So that's why I think they also don't have to go into the backstory and do the explaining and and things. Yeah. Or the splaining, as Desi would say. All right. I also, I don't know, I find it interesting that this movie, like, it's pretty much just like made for Amazon. Kind of? Yeah, it's it's an Amazon. Does Amazon own I Love Lucy? No, Maybe. it's still um CBS Viacom. Oh, oh okay, okay. Because they were they were originally at this point I just assume CBS Amazon owns everything. Owns everything. So I'm everything. like, does Amazon own that? Did they just take everything and you know now they are running with it? Which I think is crazy because if this was made specifically to be put on Amazon, that's interesting because like I think Amazon Prime is now being considered for like awards and stuff right which we've started seeing coming from netflix and hulu and hbo max and, and like, we've seen from amazon with like the marvelous mrs Maisel, true right at me no it's very that's a very SAG good awards. point um they've never golden really globes. Yeah. golden globes yeah they've just never really been in the film well, they're such a broad brand like netflix is not shipping stuff to your house like Literally. i mean except for their dvd service but <laughs> it's like 
which I don't even know if that still exists. It does actually. Really? Yeah, I clicked on it the other day. Oh my god, it's so funny. I don't even know anyone who has a DVD player. But I think that this would be opening an interesting new door, and especially that they got Aaron Sorkin to do this is huge. I would say that this is Cinematrix approved. Oh, I definitely. I enjoyed it. I think Aaron Sorkin's films. I don't know if they're my thing. I'm so sorry. The directing. There were some shoddy choices. I mean. Yeah. I give him credit for trying. I think at this point he is probably like the supreme interpreter of his own work. And I I can imagine it would be very frustrating to try to find a director who gets you Mm -hmm. and gets your vision, especially if it's so specific. So at that point, I'm like, yeah, all for it. Direct your own stuff. But I mean, don't expect any directing nominations. Because I mean, you are a writer at the end of the day. Right. No, he he is a great writer. But I just also think like... The style of his stories are just not for me. I think I enjoy more of like a coming of age or like a longer fan of time. Yeah. Or a very specific amount of time, like what happens at a dinner party. You know, yeah. or something like, I don't know. I feel like he's in this in-between where it's like, yes, it does span a lot of time, but it is so specific that like it's hard for me. I don't know. Okay, this isn't the Aaron Sorkin roast. I'm sorry. He he is very talented, but I did enjoy this. I don't think like when his films come out, I'm like jumping towards them. Right. But also with the trial of the Chicago 7 that was made for Netflix. So, I mean, I guess he's kind of moving towards streaming services and that's interesting for his career and probably a smart move. Mm -hmm. And on that note, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. You can follow us on Instagram at The Cinema Chicks and on TikTok at Cinema Chicks. And if you want to be friends, you can follow me on Instagram at Madeline Daisy Rancourt and on Letterboxd at Madeline Daisy. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Hope Johansson and on Letterboxd at HJoha. And before we end today, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Old Hollywood Glamour. Crazy prosthetics, whether it's good or bad. And the one and only Aaron Sorkin and his sometimes scary directing choices. Thanks for listening! I'm so glad we had that talk. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.